0: World War II, what happened, and how did it change the world? My name is Ella, and I wanted to know more about World War II. In this episode, we are going to start at the end of the war and then move our way to the beginning. I know it's weird, but it'll help us see and understand how people were feeling and how it changed their lives. We all know that World War II is brutal and violent. The war started in 1939, with the Axis powers being Germany, Italy, and Japan, and the Allied powers being Great Britain, Russia, the United States of America, and France. The leaders of the Axis powers were Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, and Hideki Tojo. And the Allied powers' leaders were Winston Churchill, Joseph Stalin, and Franklin Roosevelt. The war ended in 1945, with 75 million people dead. Ger- Germany, after the war, was split into four zones, controlled by France, Britain, America, and the Soviet Union. The Nuremberg trial started in November of 1945, and it was Franklin Roosevelt's idea to start the trials. The problem was with the trials was that people couldn't figure out how to give justice to these people who killed many innocent people. Genocide wasn't the crime. It was how to figure out what was the best way to go about giving justice for people. In my research, it was known that people didn't know about the camps. So German people, a lot of other people around the world found out during the trials that people were being killed because of their beliefs, because of racism and other things. And it was heartbreaking for them. I could only imagine what German people were thinking that they let this man lead them, thinking that they were going to do so well, and then find out that he was killing innocent people. I could only imagine what was going through their heads. So I've actually been to Germany And seen World War II artifacts and to been to two different concentration camps in my life. And we've also been to the Nazi party rally grounds in Nuremberg, Germany. And being there, seeing this place that was built just for him and the people he was leading was crazy. You're basically standing where these people would have been having meetings and looking to plan things for the future and to keep moving forward with killing innocent people and taking over the world, as that was their goal. It's still there, obviously. So, and for German people, it's a sign to show them we don't need this to happen again. And it's, it was Crazies just being there like you're just thinking to yourself that this one man could actually think of doing this. and outside of the actual building, there is a part that's now a racetrack. but when you go out there there's a thing like I can't like, exp- I don't know how to explain it. it's kind of it looks like you're sitting almost and like the Nazis would stand in front of him as he's like on a podium basically. And I actually stood where Adolf Hitler stood. It's, I, my heart was sinking. I couldn't even like, I just, I was like, it was crazy standing where he actually stood. So like I said, I've been to do different concentration camps. um, Flossenburg and Sachsenhausen. Flossenburg isn't as known as Sachsenhausen and other concentration camps, but it was where Diktok-Beinhofer was killed. he did trick Bonhoeffer, was trying to save people and saw what was happening in the camps. But he was killed because the Nazis realized that he wasn't a good man, I guess, even though he was. But it's crazy just standing there and then you're looking around and your heart just drops because of the fact that so many innocent people who are dead, were dying there and you you know that they were dying. And, obviously, they're dead, but you just, you feel this, like, it's absolutely saddening. I wanted to cry multiple times, actually. Just being there, and, like, it was so weird just being, like, standing right there, like, where probably somebody was killed. So, Sachsenhausen is obviously a bigger concentration camp, and this camp was shaped into a triangle. This camp was huge um there's like four different sections a through z is what they like their way of naming each part was the beds there you got to see like what um the Jews and other people were um living in conditions obviously were terrible normally they would just tell the people of germany and like if they asked why are so many people dead they would just say, oh, they died of a disease, everything's fine here, this is just a working camp, they only work here, they don't, there's nothing wrong. And it's crazy to think that, like, you're lying to your people, and they just believe you. And I've always wanted to know how it would be like to live in Germany in, during World War II, and have somebody like Adolf lead you and you not knowing what he's actually doing. While I was researching, I found out that this man named Ben Firinch, or Benjamin Firinch, was a lawyer who was actually a part of the Nuremberg trials and is still alive to this day. So he was on 60 Minutes for an interview, and this is what he said to the interviewer.
1: I followed closely by the Medical Corps and the Signal Corps, taking photographs of it. I was interviewing those inmates who still were capable of being interviewed and then write a report, but then became the basis for subsequent war crimes trials. So there was absolutely no preparation for that other than my determination to bring the rule of law into this kind of chaos. I didn't want to talk to the murderers. Witness testimony is the worst thing you can get because witnesses are not reliable. I didn't want any witnesses. I had their documents, top secret documents with the name of the commander, the place, the time, the number, that's all I needed. And that's how I could rest my case in two days and convict them all. And 13 were sentenced to death. I hanged them on their own records. And my biggest disappointment was the absence of any remorse. On the part of those who were really responsible for the horrible crimes they committed. Law, not war, is what should govern our behavior. And if we could do that, how the world could be changed. The money we would save, the billions of dollars wasted every day on armaments could only be used to kill large numbers of innocent people. And uh, the horror of that gives me a drive and a perhaps a trauma and an impetus to keep going as long as I can and that's exactly what I'm doing right now.
0: So like I said, Ben Ferenc is still alive to this day and having access and being able to use him and actually understand what happened during that is great and you get to know more about what he went through as a lawyer and hearing these people say that they never did this they never killed people they were fine they worked the camps were never used as genocide basically they was never used for that and they laugh and for him I don't know I would love to know like what was going through his head at that time like he explained it but like when you're in the trial room, it's different. Like, I want to know what he actually went through, what he was feeling, and how would you know if he would do that? Like, being a lawyer for that. I would also love to go back in time, maybe have a time traveling machine, and understand and listen to these people saying that they never did this but they did and they know deep down they did and i don't know that just be so crazy for me i don't know if you guys would agree but maybe you would and i also find it's crazy that like one person did all this like it was all adolf hitler saying that this was okay to kill innocent people and kill and perform genocide to this group of people that never did anything to him that he just didn't like he's like I don't like them and I want them to be dead I I don't know that's just crazy for me just to like know that he was okay with killing people and knowing that that wasn't wrong (laughs) As many people know, America was going through the Great Depression during this time period, and they knew there was a war going on in Europe, and America's government didn't know if it was a good idea for us to go into war or not because of the fact that the economy was so bad and they didn't know what was best for them. But on December 7th, 1941. Pearl Harbor was attacked by a Japanese in Hawaii, a naval um, base for them for America was bombed and then the government said that we needed to go into war and stop this from continually happening and obviously the allied powers along with the help of the U.S. One, And the war actually ended up helping American economy because people were put into jobs and working or were in the military. They were getting paid slowly, but they were still getting money. So there wasn't as much um, people in debt and not being able to live in a home. So the economy boomed a little bit after nineteen forty five. Britain was struggling because the war, but they came back. Germany struggled the most just because they lost everything and there wasn't. They were emotionally hopeless, and because there was nothing for them, not to like look forward to, but. Not to believe in anymore they were just devastated um they had to rebuild cities their the country was divided like I said earlier into four different zones so each zone was different under each role of each country so my main question for researching world war ii was how did it change the world Obviously we know that it changed the world for many obvious reasons, but what actually made it change? Why, like what would have happened if the Allied Powers didn't win? What if Adolf Hitler actually was still alive and still was killing people and doing all the things he did? Like, what would happen? How would the world be different? I've always wondered about that. And I don't know if you guys have either, but... Like... I wonder... Like, would there still be camps going on? Would people of Germany finally tell him or, like, speak up and say that this is not okay and realize this wasn't okay? I don't know. I've always wondered that...